about to witness the strength of street knowledge. You're listening to Dads with Swag, where your coach Sean has the tools to help you navigate some of life's ups and downs. Let's do it. Whether you're trying to balance work and life, going through a difficult time in marriage, or trying to manifest that perfect mate, Sean can get you from where you are to where you want to be. Loving husband and dad of two amazing girls, your coach Sean can help you turn your dreams into goals and make them a reality. No more faking change, it's time to start making change with the swaggiest dad of them all, your coach, Sean. What is up? Welcome back to another great episode of Dads with Swag. We're coming at you live from the Dads with Swag studio. Live in studio today, we have co-author of Tender Lions, Jeff Becker. What's up, Jeff? How you doing, man? Good to have it, or good to be here. Appreciate you having me, dude. Hey, Jeff and I. Just so everybody knows, this is the second time we recorded this episode. The first time, man, we had some huge technical difficulties, so. Jeff was gracious enough to come on back to the studios and record this one more time. Jeff, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, where you're from, your background and stuff like that. From Chicago, uh, you know, just kind of came out here uh, as I called my little sabbatical. And I was 24 at the time and I told my mom, hey, I'm going to go start this uh, basketball program with my friend and sleep on my buddy's couch and get paid $500 a month. And uh, he graciously took me in and my mom said okay and I told her I'd be back in four months and six and a half years later here we are um you know blessed to make it a full-time job and I get to wear shorts and a t-shirt every day there you go man Arizona has a strange way of like locking people vortex dude it just once you get here you're like wait once you get through that first summer you're like all right it's horrible but it's not that bad for the winter and we're not like laying roof or nothing like that. We're indoors, <laughs> so it's like it's not as bad as it could be. And then everything's just so less expensive here. Cost of living mm-hmm. so great. You're like, mm-hmm. hmm, do I really want to go back? Like, yeah, it's bananas, man. It's the black vortex. It is, definitely. So you just authored a book, The Tender Lions, Building the Vital Relationship Between Father and Son. Tell us a little bit about the book. Yep. Um, you know, it started as just a father-son story. Um, and in the book, we we focus on something that happened as a personal story with, with my father and our family, um, you know, carries this kind of demon, this burden inside of him for years, uh, and eventually kind of looks at himself in the mirror and says, I can't live with myself. I uh, can't be the man that I say that I'm supposed to be um, without telling my family and my spouse what's going on. Um, And it kind of is a guide of if we could do it all over again, what we would do different uh, to build a father-son relationship, to grow a better young man, uh, to make sure that there is a huge importance of the father figure in a son's life. Um, obviously, we are my father and I are better than ever, and our relationship is great, and our family's uh, closer than ever, but um, we had some dark, deep days that obviously we'll talk about through the podcast, um, but it's kind of a, a cool guidebook that we talk about anything and everything in a very raw and real uh, dialogue. So the the father son relationship's a huge topic. 
you can't write about every single aspect of that mm-hmm. in, in a book. It'd be like, mm-hmm. you know, 20,000 pages long. It'd be like war and peace <laughs> all over again. Um, how did you guys decide what made it into the book and what ended mm-hmm. up on the, the cutting room floor? It's been, a, it was, you know, we've never written a book and, you know, we just kind of said, hey, let's, let's just do what we think we need to do because we don't have a guideline or what we thought. So we just started with stories uh, and memories and good and bad, you know, ugly and beautiful. Um, and we kind of started sorting that into a guideline from the state of fatherlessness to how important fathers are to letting your kids fail to competitive parents within athletics and um, academics to sex and pornography to, you know, we try to kind of have this wide range of everything that you can talk about and some comfortable, some very uncomfortable. Um, but as we kind of all know in relationships, you got to have all these types of conversations to make sure, you know, your son or daughter, spouse, loved one is well-rounded. Yeah, definitely. So you touched on competitiveness. Um, how, and, and you, part of your profession is, is in basketball and, and training these young kids. And me as a dad of two daughters, I, I got like the opposite end of it. Because <laughs> my daughter, I've tried to get both of them into basketball. Basketball and golf. So I played baseball. And once you hit 22, 24 years old, baseball skills are of absolutely no more value to you in life at all. They, they become utterly useless basketball skills you could always shoot hoops by yourself you know you go to the gym and there's always at least one or two people you could play a little pickup play some horse uh golf you could go hit golf ball like baseball there's nothing you can do right like by yourself so i have these useless skills so i try to get my daughters into golf or basketball they didn't take to it too much but so we're more of a dance family right yep and we got these dance moms they're like uber competitive and uber crazy. at what age again uh How? so my oldest is 14 exactly um and these parents but it's like the same crazy ones like since the kids were like six right and 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 the funny thing about it is like i see some of these dance moms and i'm like and and i know i'm superficial and i'm probably gonna get some heat on social media for this but they don't appear like they had ever danced a day in right. their life, right? right? I'm like, you don't have the atypical body of a ballerina, but yet you up here like your kids like the next coming uh, of the you know prima ballerina and shit. So it kind of like, do you find that? Because for me, it's like I kind of have to set my daughter's expectations, right? Yep. I'm like, look, the more effort you put into it, the better you'll be at this activity that you're doing. Will you likely be the prima ballerina on Broadway or, or, or something like that or be a rockette? She might be a rockette because she got some height, so she got really long legs. Not that I think about that. But the odds are like slim to none, just like making it to the NBA or making it to the NFL. Um, so I kind of I have to like set her expectations like, right. hey, you know what? 20 years from now, you might not want to be a starving dancer in New York. You might want to be a powerful attorney, you know, being able to pay your bills and have a nice house. Do you find that with with parents and basketball parents or other athletic parents where it's like 
they are trying to live vicariously through their kids and setting these like outrageous expectations. Absolutely. You know, and that that's the hard, sad part about this is it doesn't matter if it's a dancer, baseball, basketball, football. So many parents live vicariously through their kid, um, whether they know it or not. And what I always say is my phrase is you have to utilize, we'll take basketball as an example. We have to utilize basketball as a tool for life. What have you learned through the sport that creates a better person, a better young man, a better young woman, five, 10, 20, 30 years from now? Um, you know, I've worked from nine year olds, 10 year olds to NBA all stars, you know, around the country, have held camps, you know, throughout the world, and it's all the same. And, but it, it's, you really have it's a very fine line between you know how what are they learning through the sport with teamwork and competition and mental toughness uh fighting through fatigue um you know camaraderie chemistry attitude um those are the things those are the tools that will carry you through life and i i believe i am a product of basketball and i was literally just listening to a podcast on the way here and he had, his phrase was i beyond in debt to the game of basketball because of what it has given me. And I truly believe that. It's it's from the six experiences, the situations, and how it has developed me as a young man. And I think as a parent, you need to look at that. It's not about wins and losses. It's not about, you know, getting the most follows on, followers on social media or the clothes they wear. It's about what did they learn um, 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, they're not going to remember if they won the game on July 14th, but they probably will remember the moments, the situations, uh, the attitudes and behaviors of their teammates, their coaches, and unfortunately, sometimes their parents. Definitely. It, it's funny because I remember when Obama first got elected and he started playing basketball at the White House, people were like, um, you know, what? Do you, that's kind of weird. What, what's that about? And he had made a comment that, I never really thought of before. He's like, you can tell a lot about a man, both business-wise, family-wise, and character-wise, by how he plays pickup basketball. Hmm. And once I heard that, I started playing pickup basketball with a whole new set of eyes. And the truth to that is on point. So on point. Like I've never thought of that. But once so I on looked point. at it, I'm like... <laughs> Holy cow. I'm like, in business, you are probably just as shady as you are calling these ticky tacky fouls right. or saying you weren't fouled or right. you everybody knows the ball was out, but you're arguing yeah, it is yeah. in. I'm like, I don't want to do business right. with you ever. Or on the contrary, you're the energy giver, the great teammate. Exactly. You know, yeah. The role player. Yeah. It's like it, it was so crazy. I heard that and I'm like, that's what as parents I think we need to instill whether mm-hmm. it's through dance or athletics but it's these kind of conversations that fathers and sons need to have yeah yeah um to be able to you know help build that character to to um to get that that model citizen that we're all at the end of the day when you're a parent and you have kids at the end of the day you want your kids to to be a model citizen. Yep. You want to be able to sit back and say, that's my kid. Um, and, and so it's, it's, it's these conversations that we have to have throughout adolescence, throughout childhood, throughout teen years and adult years that, that are going to help raise that, mm-hmm. those effects. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a few minutes with Jeff. Sit tight. 
Now back to Dads with Swag with your host, Sean Alfonso. Are you in the market for a pre-owned car? Starting to feel stressed out about getting ripped off of your time and money from the dealership? Then Hot Auto is the spot for you. Hot Auto is the nation's best VIP car concierge without the VIP prices. You pick the car you want and the price you want to pay. Fill out all your paperwork via DocuSign online. Get the car shipped to your home or office. Then start enjoying your new car without stepping foot in a dealership. If before 200 miles or 14 days, you aren't 100% satisfied with your car, we'll come pick it up and get you something else. If you have a trade-in, Hot Auto will pay $500 over any written offer. Hit up Hot Auto today online at hot-auto.com or on the gram at hot underscore auto. Tell them Dad's What Swag sent you and get those dock fees waived. Once again, that's hot-auto.com or on the gram at hot underscore auto. Tell them Dad's What Swag sent you and get free dock fees. Welcome back to Dad's With Swag. Check us out on iTunes and please subscribe, rate, and review the show. We need all the love we can get. You can find all our past episodes on dadswithswag.com. Follow us on social media at your coach Sean. And if you have any questions or show ideas or you want to come on the show, email me at sean at seanalfonso.com. Welcome back to Dads With Swag. We're live in the studio here with co-author of Tender Lions, Jeff Becker. Jeff, pornography comes up in a number of chapters in the book. Why is that such a prevalent topic? I think it's so accessible nowadays. You know, I think back, you know, I won't call you old, but older eras, um, especially in my father's time, um, it was this secret. It was provocative. It was hidden um, with the internet with social media the you know industries of marketing where sex sells so much it's so accessible now it's scary um it's manipulative it's in your face um you know and it's very hard to filter or stop and that's not just that's for grown adults but also to the youngest age groups it's 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 frightening kind of this era we're in yeah, definitely. It's it's crazy because, you know, me growing up in San Francisco, which is a very sex positive city, um, I know like in the late 80s, you know, when I was in high school, early 90s, um, we, we would, you know, get fake IDs that said we we're 18 to right. be able to go to like Al Capone's on, you know, Market Street and, you know, these like nasty ass strip clubs that like now you look back and I'm like the only reason they let us in is because this is like the slimiest mm-hmm. place in the world or like even a little younger like everybody's got that uncle and you'd go to their house and like take a peek of their playboys and right. things like that um, but now so you had to kind of like put in some work and put in like a little you know effort to be able to access pornography or mm-hmm. or you know, if you had that one friend who was like a little bit more advanced or a little bit older, or came from a different neighborhood or a different school, and they would kind of enlighten you a little right. bit. Um, but now, everybody, every kid 
pretty much globally has a device in their hand, they have access to unlimited, unfiltered pornography. And as parents, I know like we try to put in these filters and these alerts and, and all these apps and different things that we can do to try to combat this. However, it's like the kids are always one step ahead of us right. when it comes to technology. I kind of wonder sometimes are the youth today and we won't know for like like we had talked about in the previous episode we won't know for like 15 to 20 years like what these effects are they just going to be so mm-hmm. desensitized that it's going to be like an everyday thing right. like a man seeing a naked pair of breasts you know will be so desensitized that he's gonna be like okay whatever i've right. seen that a million times right so maybe sexual assaults will go down or you know, uh, a jeptification of women will go down and things of that nature because they're like, okay, been there, done that. It's kind of like the amount you drink when you're 20 versus like 22, right? When you're 20 and you can't do it, it's like sky's the limit. But once you're 22, you're like, dude, I got better things to do in my life than like get hammered every single day Mm -hmm. of the week. Um, Or is it going to be like this huge, you know, sex addict, society where people are just so enthralled and engrossed you know it, it's a it's a it's a weird topic it's it's a hard topic it's a weird topic um you know so so for the listeners we'll kind of rewind you know the story is in it, the the bomb that was kind of dropped was was my dad you know did talk about how he was unfaithful and looking at a lot of pornography and got addicted to pornography um you know, and it almost caused, you know, the marital breakup and our family to uh, break. But but that's kind of the, the background of Tender Lines and the, the personal story with my family. But um, from kind of where we're talking about with this era, it's so seductive. It is so addictive. You know, we we're talking about as, as teenagers, is it going to affect them? It, is it going to affect us? You know, 20, 30, 40-year-olds, same thing. Uh, you know, it took my dad years he still goes to recovery meetings um you know and it's interesting he came to me and he keeps telling me you know he goes the the pow- how powerful and addictive um the chemical changes in your brain is because of pornography or masturbation um he goes it's as addictive as heroin um and people don't realize that and you know we've all looked and seen and had our you know mental battles but um when it's soon as soon as i kind of heard heroin i'm like oh this is some much more serious manipulative um aggressive stuff that i was never knew and i don't think the population as a norm knows how serious this issue could be yeah and i think also there's there's a there's still a huge stigma with pornography and with sexual addictions Mm -hmm. and things of that nature where like mainstream society is like oh you're just trying to take like the tiger woods way out of it you know your wife caught you and you're just trying to make these excuses when in fact there people could be addicted to all kinds of shit they could be food addictions drug addictions alcohol addictions um and and that's one of the things that as a society we need to watch out for as well like sex and pornography this stuff can be addicting you can start like you know doing some research before our previous interview you know i was reading about guys 
who would like masturbate multiple times a day to mm-hmm. pornography. How can you carry on like a decent relationship Absolutely. or, you know, and or a, a be productive at your career? Mm-hmm. And then when you take in, into consideration the psychological aspects, like I could have sex in my brain way better than I ever can with a physical human being mm-hmm. because the shit I could do in my brain, like <laughs> I could last for hours in my brain. I can't last for hours, you know, mm-hmm. with my wife. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, well, shoot, I might just rather be up here and mm-hmm. not, not deal with that, yep. you know, or, or deal with the maybe, especially like as relationships grow, you know, I hear from a lot of my clients. It's like, you know, I'd be afraid to, uh try to start to initiate sex because I'd be afraid that she would reject me or she'd be like, oh, I'm not in the mood today. Mm-hmm. And after a dude hears that, oh, I'm not in the mood today, I'm not in the, so many times, he's gonna be like, I'm gonna stop trying. Right. You know, so then it's just you you fall back into these other, other patterns. Um, so it is something, man, I, I want everybody out there to know that like, you know, it is something that, can be addicting and sex itself yeah these endorphins go off in your brain and it's stronger than heroin Absolutely. it's just like you know that's why people like it so much right um it, it 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 makes you look at things differently it masks your real emotions i think and psychologically uh it's a facade um you know we were talking you know, you're just saying you know what you see on a screen or what you imagine um, it makes you treat uh, your significant other probably lesser um, because they don't emulate or live up to the fantasies that maybe you're expecting. Um, it is, it is. I think, it's just a very hidden but manipulative and seductive and aggressive, you know, demon that's that's starting to be exposed um you know and i I would say the same as with social media you know and and being on your phone it's it's starting to be uh you know an issue for sure for this era yeah that's gonna be the net that's gonna be the next big time uh addiction recovery you're gonna see you know screen time recovery centers popping up all over the world because that's a that's a huge that's a huge addiction screen time um I know at least, you know, the, the dad of a teenager, it, um, it affects our family all the time. Like I have to put limits on when and how and how long they could be on screen time. You know, we do no screen time parties where kids got to come over and, you know, it's kind of like the car key parties. Once they get like to 16 and above, it's like, nope, leave your keys in the basket because you're not driving. So you pass this breathalyzer test. Right. It's kind of the same thing. Put your you know, electronic devices in the basket and you got to go out and play. You got to go swimming, hang out, talk to each other, you know, converse and not just because if you get five, you know, teenagers together, you're just going to see five kids sitting on their phones. Absolutely. Um, It's funny doing this episode again because it's like we're talking about the same stuff, but it's like um, what we had said before. It's like you can get, you know, five kids that have never met each other and put them in a room together and they'll all be on their phones and they'll probably exchange social media handles and chat on social media before they actually chat in person. Right. And they're like two feet away from right. each other. Absolutely. You know, so it, 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 it's, it's bananas how 
you know, social media just seems to be having a larger and larger effect on kids and adults. What advice do you have um, for dads regarding social media and things like that? You know, social media can be good, um, but but I think a majority of the time, especially when kids are so young, they want to be they want to be the cool thing. They want to fit in. They want to look and dress and be like everybody else. But but and and kind of what what scares me and something I think that would advice for parents is we have to know that social media is there to make money. You know, they want viewers, they want eyes. What's popular, quote unquote popular with social media usually is not the morally correct, um, the put yourself on a high pedestal, hold yourself extremely accountable. Usually the quote unquote popular thing that gets the most viewers is something that's very idiotic, immoral, um, demeaning, degrading. Um, we've all, we know it. We've all seen it. It all hits our eyes, and we can't stop watching it. But you know, I think it's it's something we have to teach our kids that there's a big difference between quote unquote what's popular and what social media wants you to see, and what the real world is of being what a young man and a young woman is supposed to be like. Definitely, definitely, it's crazy. Just uh, just the you know on social media, to me, what jumps out so much is just the fakeness of it all. Like, you know, my daughter looks up to some of these social media people, these, you know, so-called influencers, and they they start to develop these like, you know, self-sabotaging views of themselves because they're like, well, how come I can't be that skinny or right. how come my body can't look like that or how come, you know. I can never do my makeup as great as they can do their Mm -hmm. makeup. And it's like, first of all, I think especially like with Instagram and stuff like that, you have to realize that a lot of these professionals, they're doing multiple takes. They're using studio lighting. They're, you know, they have makeup artists. There's probably some filters. There's a lot of filters. My, My wife and her friend were just showing me this app. We were in Mexico. They were showing me this app. Man, I'm not gonna be able to remember the name of it. It was called like, Facetune or or something like that, and it's actually an app that you could put a picture in, and you can shrink your body, enhance your boobs, oh like make your head a different size, like completely change the photo, and then post it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you fucking kidding right, me? Right. I'm like, this is crazy. Um, it goes back to almost like porn. It's it's a facade. It's a it mask. Is. It's fake, you know. And if we talk about parenting and, and kids, even ourselves, holding ourselves accountable is what does that have to say about character and integrity and what's truth and the values and the morals of who you are and what you want to stand for, what your kids want to stand for? Um, it's tough, you know, but it, but it can be very positive. You know, it can be you can learn a lot about, you know, things or businesses marketing you know there's there is a niche but it's usually you have to search and you have to cut corners and and really find the right profiles i guess you can say that are educational um and and there for the right reasons but it's definitely not the mainstream right in your face stuff that hits you yeah it's very hard to find a good thing for social media Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like 
yeah, for my podcast and stuff like that, I got to throw things on social media to try to get some listeners and things of that nature. But it seems like only like once a year will something like really positive come out of social media, you know, like, and maybe it's once every two years. Like I remember like that ice bucket challenge, and yep. things yep. like that, like every, so now they got like that bottle cap challenge thing that they're doing. So it's like every so often something really positive will come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but for dads out there that are looking for just a cool, authentic, real social media account, dude, go vi- go hit up Will Smith. Have you seen Will He's Smith's awesome. social media? Dude is just legit. Like him and his wife both. Like I like Jada's YouTube channel, The Red Table, man. They just keep it real. Yeah. And you can tell like and i'm sure like they got some fake shit in their marriage and they got their own problems but like their kid just turned 21 the other day and for his birthday him and his friends went out and like served food on skid row Hmm. like that's pretty cool you got to have some pretty good parenting uh to to have your kids do that stuff right um and then you got, you know, other people, it's like for their 21st birthday, they're, you know, showing the brand new car they got and all these uh, expectations for youth that just, um, they're unattainable and they're Absolutely. unrealistic. And all Absolutely. of those things just bring, you know, momentary, momentary happiness. Yep. Um, we're going to take one quick break and uh, pay some bills with some of our sponsors and we're going to come right back with Jeff Becker, the co-author of Tender Lions. Now back to Dads with Swag with your host, Sean Alfonso. I love to give back to charity. Sometimes I find it hard to just cut a big check. I get so busy with the wife and kids, I'm more of a set it and forget it kind of guy. That's why I love the Angel Club. I can pick the amount I want taken out of my checking account every month. I never see the money, so I never miss the money. And I can always feel good knowing I'm giving back every month. If you want to join the Angel Club, just go to PierceFamilyFoundation.com. Welcome back to Dads with Swag. Check us out on iTunes and please subscribe, rate, and review the show. We need all the love we can get. You can find all our past episodes on dadswithswag.com. Follow us on social media at your coach Sean. And if you have any questions or show ideas or you want to come on the show, email me at Sean at SeanAlfonso.com. Welcome back to Dads with Swag. We got co-author of Tender Lions, Jeff Becker, live in the studio. Jeff, I want to talk about the Me Too movement um, and the the numerous incidences of sexual harassment that are, these seem to be in the news like almost daily. Um, How do you teach or raise your son to be a man, like a true man in this, in this volatile environment? Well, I think there's, there's two things is is one, that's exactly what tender lines is, you know, whether that's a male, female, uh, young or old, we want to be a tender line. We want to be, um, 
align. We want to be strong. We want to be a leader. We want to be tough, determined, competitive. Uh, you know, we want to also be able to understand what tender is. You know, be in a, be understanding of your emotions. Be kind. Uh, have great morals and values, and and be tender. And you have to know when to be tender. You have to know when to be aligned. You have to be strong. When to be uh, vulnerable. Um, and I think that that's number one. And number two is I think you have to live that. You know, I, I viewed my mom and my dad be affectionate and vulnerable and have hard conversations. Um, but at the same time, I want to do that being around basketball players all the time. You know, I want to make sure that I show them through my relationship with my fiance, what it means to be a tenderline as well. Man, I, I love that title tenderline. It's like, and I actually, I even used it um, when I was in, when I was on vacation in Mexico. <laughs> uh, I can't remember. It came up in conversation. I was telling somebody about our conversation. And to me, it's just, it's such an awesome metaphor. Like in everyday life, there are moments where you need to be tender and you need to be soft spoken and you need to be loving and you need to be caring and you need to be warm. Mm-hmm. But then there are also moments where you need to be a lion and you need to just rip shit up, protect your family, like let people know that you can't be walked on, let people know that you can't be taken advantage of. Uh, There are these moments where you need to roar and let people know who you are and that you do have a voice. Right. Um, So, dude, it's just an awesome, awesome, awesome name for a book. and. We had like we had spoken to other episodes. There are when people go through job interviews and they say, "If you could be an animal, what kind of animal would you be?" You know, I always used to tell people I'd be a bear because you could be kind of cuddly and warm, but then you can just you know be aggressive and hard and you know kill people. But anybody out there who gets this question in the future, you need to say a tender lion because <laughs> that is the greatest answer like known to man I appreciate it um but you know this this me too movement man it's it's really tough because i know you know as the dad of daughters you know i get people all the time especially since bella's gonna start dating and you know a lot of kids her age have already started dating and people have been asking me for the last few years like hey you know when bella starts dating are you gonna have like the boxing gloves hanging on the wall you know you're gonna have like the glock in your waistband like like what are you gonna do to to help her through this time when these boys start calling and knocking on the door and i'm like i tell people all the time like no i'm not gonna do any of that stuff because hopefully i've raised my daughter to this point to be able to make the right choices herself, Mm -hmm. to be able to know the difference between right and wrong and respect and disrespect. Mm -hmm. Like we, we do something. I've done this since a a young age with my girls. We keep the child locks on. Uh, My daughters do not get out of the car unless I come and open their doors. Hmm. And I've told them from day one, if a boy does not come and open your door for you, you wait 30 seconds. If he still ain't opened your door, you call yourself an Uber Mm -hmm. and you just get home because he's not worth your time. Like I'm all, I'm all for women's lib and, and, and the women's movement and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's a respect thing. Yep. And if the young man can't respect you enough to open your door, then why do you think he's going to respect you enough during dinner yeah. or at that dance or at that movie or, yeah. or anything like that? I think it, I think it also is, you know, you talk about, 
you've had conversations or you you've talked to them or you know taught them this but i also think that i would suspect that you and your wife have emulated that you've lived that and they watch and they whether you know parents listen to this because kids are watching you and whether good bad and different you know whether you think it or not they are watching your movements how you're interacting on the phone with your significant other you know whether you're having too much to drink too much to eat um all that stuff is is being processed in their brain whether you know it or not so i think it just starts with your actions and how you're treating others as well yeah there's a quote and i can't remember who who the guy was who first said it but there's there's a, a famous quote that says Children rarely listen to what you say, but always watch what you do. Absolutely. And it is definitely the truth. Uh, and, and no, I do that. My wife, she won't get out of the car unless I open the That's door great. for her. Um, and, and it's funny, too, because like even um, when my daughters have friends and we pick them up, you know, we're going here or there. They'll, they'll tell their friends, don't open the door yet. Don't open the door yet. My dad will get mad. <laughs> so it, it is. It's, it's a consistency thing. It's showing them. Absolutely. You know, um, I, de- I try not to raise my voice at my wife. I try not to raise my voice at my daughters. Now, I say try because, you know, I am a man of faith and I fail as much as I succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want my listeners to think I'm like some perfect dude that doesn't yell and scream and I have some great merit dude my wife and I we argue we fight we disagree uh, and we try to shelter the kids from that as much as possible but then we also try to involve them as much as possible mm. in our disagreements because we also want them to see that this shit happens. Yeah. Like it's not always like rainbows and unicorns and right. shit. Sometimes there's disagreements and sometimes we got to let the kids know, "Hey, you know what? Wifey and I were just arguing about this because of this. This became the resolution. Mm-hmm. We apologize, but it had to be done." Mm-hmm. And sometimes disagreements and arguments need to be hashed out to be able to get to a resolution. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I do yell at my kids. Yes, I do argue with my wife. You know, yes, I do honk in traffic. Like I'm a normal dude. Jesus died for my grace, and I am thankful for that every single day. Uh, because without that, I, I would be a mess, definite mess. Um, but what else about raising a man do you think it takes? to make him respect women more? That's a great question. Um, I think it is, you know, there's kind of the phrase of you're, you're a product of the five people you hang around the most or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, if I look back on on my time, it it it's obviously my father, but the coaches in your life, the friends in your life, the teachers in your life, um, you got to make sure that it's not just your, you and your parent or your, your parents and your kids. Uh, it takes a community. It takes a village. And I think as parents, you have to know who your kids are surrounded by. 
and that's it's it's a fine line it's a hard line especially as they get older they want to sneak around and do whatever and push those boundaries um, but I think it's okay to push back a little as well and not be so flexible but I, I do think that it's not just you and you can't do it on your own uh, it's okay to be vulnerable and ask for help but but I do think it takes a village and takes a community to truly raise raise a child into a man or a woman yeah definitely and I think that's why it's important too that you kind of you know check out the extracurricular activities you yeah. know that that your kids are doing in life I know when when I picked the school for my kids uh, they had these five keys to success that I really liked and I wanted my kids to emulate those as well um, and the same thing you know when we pick their dance company or you know whether it's their sport coaches or things like mm-hmm. that like you always want to find an organization that is integrity driven like both of my kids are did girl scouts and things like that uh you know the church that we pick make sure that they have a strong youth group yeah uh, and strong youth pastors and things of that nature uh, because the, the the people that you allow your kids to surround themselves with are going to influence them as well absolutely and if those people don't show your sons to respect women or show your daughters to demand respect, then, you know, this me too shit's just going to keep on Mm -hmm. growing and growing and growing. Absolutely. Jeff, what are, what are two or three things that you want to make sure everybody takes away from our conversation today? Um, I think first and foremost, the importance of a father in a kid's life and, I think it's one of the most, if not the most influential thing uh, that impacts a kid or impacts your child or your son down the road. Two, it's, you know, we had a lot of deep, dark days as a family and especially obviously my father, Uh, but any relationship can be repaired. But I think it takes both. I think it takes vulnerability, a lot of communication, a lot of hard conversations, Um and three, something we talked about in the first episode was whether you're religious or not, um, in the Bible it talks about the truth will set you free. In John eight thirty two, the truth will set you free is a lot of us are holding this baggage, this demons, this dark something inside of us, whether that's an addiction, a problem, something. And by seeking that that fear, by finding that fear and facing that fear, you actually find freedom. And it's almost a relief off your chest, off your shoulders. Um, it's okay to be vulnerable, but I think you have to find that freedom by first facing that fear for most importantly. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Especially as men. Yeah. Like it is so hard to be vulnerable. It's so hard to ask for help, you know, whether it be it could be even things like finances or mm-hmm. business like you know you're afraid to tell anybody that you didn't close this huge deal or you know you're afraid to tell people that you know you're nervous about your next case or you know there's been some layoffs at the plant and you're you're nervous about getting cut right uh all these little things are important to talk to your spouse about because the easier it is for you to talk about these little things the easier it is to talk about these big things. Mm -hmm. But as men, we sometimes just hold so much in because we don't want to burden our family that, you know, it just eats us up. And, and that shame and that, you know, that 
fear, man. It just it just holds us down. But you're absolutely right, man. Once you shine a light on it and you just spill the truth, yeah. It uh not only is it a huge relief for you, but it allows you to then get in combat mode and start picking up the pieces and start making a game plan mm-hmm. to how to go about the future instead of constantly living in the past and having this secret or this shame hold you back. Absolutely. You know, just and and for any dude out there that's thinking about, you know, possibly you know divulging some secrets to their their spouse or their family, you know, I would recommend just taking the band-aid approach to it. Don't try to beat around the bush. Don't try to sugarcoat it. Just go in, sit down, and just say it. Just spill it. Like, Absolutely. All at once. And then don't don't try to like piecemeal it together too. Like don't try to say this little bit, see what kind of reaction you get, and then say, oh well then and this and that. Like mm-hmm. just do it all at once. Clear your conscious completely. Um and and just feel all of that weight and that entire monkey off your back, man. Yeah, in in the book we talk about the three H's, and it's something that my my dad and I kind of talked about was when my dad's talked to my mom. You know, the, the first and foremost, my dad had to get humble, and the three H's are humble, help, and honesty. And um, he had to get humble with himself. He he hated the man that he saw in the mirror every day, so he had to get humble. He had to get vulnerable with himself. And then number two, he he had to get honest. He had to get honest with himself. He got honest with his spouse, you know, my mom and our family. Um, and then he had to get help. He had to seek help. And, and it's okay to get humble, to get honest, and to get help. And I think that's the last thing is if you have these demons or whatever's holding you back or holding you down, it's okay to not know the answer and to ask for help and to say, hey, I need you. I'm in, you know, I'm dark. I'm in a dark place. I'm in, and I need your help and I need you to be honest with me and how can we move forward um, into the future to make sure this doesn't happen again. Definitely, definitely, man. Jeff, let my audience know how they can reach you. Yeah, everything that you uh, you can find on our website tenderlines.org. Uh, you know, we have podcasts. Uh, shout out to Dads with Swag. Um, but we have our podcasts. We have other statistics. Uh, we have um, speech engagements, everything on there. Uh, but again, tenderlines.org. And then what if somebody wants to get the book? Yeah, it's uh, easily accessible on the website or usually, you know, just like every other reader in the world, they go to Amazon. Go to Amazon, dude. It's world domination. It really is. Benzo. Uh, any closing thoughts, anything, any last thoughts you want to give the audience? You know what, what I would say is I'll give a a quick story of one of the chapters is called, uh, time matters. And what I truly, if I look back on me and my father's relationship and the, the good and the bad and the ugly, uh, time matters. My dad put in time to shoot hoops, play catch. Um, I call it the seven minute story where, you know, we, I'd go outside and help him barbecue the burgers and he'd set the timer for seven minutes. And I knew that he had seven minutes till he had to flip the burgers, but I would go bother him to play catch, to barbecue to, but those memories have lasted in me, um, you know, 15, 20 years, decades later. Uh, it's the experiences that you can spend not just physically, be there mentally and emotionally and, and, and psychologically for your son or daughter as well. Definitely, definitely. 
you know, dads with swag isn't just a name, but it's a lifestyle. It's a way of leading your family, leading your children, leading yourself in your community. Um, and this book, Tender Lions, man, you guys have to go check it out. Read this book. This will help you kick up your swag level because guys, this is the most important thing in your life is raising your children, right? Making sure that your son is a man of high character, a man of quality, a man that will give respect, demand respect, a man that is self-accountable and has a compass that a moral compass that just is tuned north. Um, and then also dads of daughters, you have to realize that your daughter is going to marry a man just like you. If you treat your wife like shit, you treat your daughter like shit, she is guaranteed to marry a man that is going to treat her like shit. And then you're going to feel like shit. So make sure that you emulate the man that you want your daughter to marry. And that I guarantee every dude out there, every dad out there wants their daughter to marry a gentleman, someone that is compassionate and respectful and is a tender lion, right? Everybody wants their daughter to marry a tender lion, somebody that can protect them, someone that can provide for them, someone that can help them when they need it, but then also somebody who can cuddle with them, can wipe the tears with them and watch a romantic comedy with them because at the end of the day you know that's all they like to do so guys i just implore you get this book tender lions jeff thank you so much for coming in the studio we really appreciate having you here man um for the second time because the recording got jacked up the first um so i i just appreciate it man thank you very much thank you so much and we out episodes.